1: We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Nikki Snacks, Kreider at you here right now. Go follow us on Instagram at the.charity.stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore Alex. Toss the rock. To stop us feeling a little bit under the weather. We are wishing him well. Nick, baseball is almost at the halfway point. It's a sport you and I love. It's a sport that last year or over the past two years, you and I have, quite frankly, railed against and have had a plethora of issues stemming from the top down the way the covid season was handled and we look at all, a lot of records pool holes look at pool holes' record right like we're just chasing 700 and had there not been a covid year would he have been at 700 already it's a high possibility Or do you have a better chance to he's 15 away right now and it's looking a little bleak we thought manfred's handling of that was piss poor 2021 was a better season but this season to me I feel baseball is really stepping back into the national spotlight. I don't know if it's me falling more in love with it again after kind of having a little affair with basketball over the past couple of years, but I really feel baseball has done an excellent job uh, at promoting its stars. And there's been a lot of good, there's been a lot of great play to come on where there were, there were major all-star snubs, but a lot of them were almost justifiable mm-hmm. issue, obviously. And you and I have discussed this at nauseum of like, Hey, like, not everyone gets a participation trophy and there's no one in the Diamondbacks that really deserves to be an all-star. So there's no one in the Diamondbacks that should be an all-star. And I feel the guys like Freddie Freeman, who were a major snub, Austin Riley, these guys clearly should have been all-stars. And and ironically, since the all-star game is in LA and yeah. And the rosters have been announced. Those, those guys have been scorching hot. Um, but a lot of a lot of deserving guys um, that didn't make it, but a lot of guys that made it obviously really deserved it. Um, and there's been a lot of great seasons so far. We've pretty much nailed in stone at the first half MVP for the NL is Paul Goldschmidt definitely it, for the St. Louis Cardinals. Your boy Manny Machado was on strong, fell off, back on strong. Got which hurt. Is exciting to see. Got hurt, yeah. And it's exciting to see, and it should be noted that non from a non-statistical standpoint, what he's meant to this team with Tatis Jr. out. Yes. So I think that should carry some weight in his that and, and his gloves too. When the time comes. Absolutely. Now, we went to the AL. And this is my question for you, because I think both Cy Young's the first half, it's McClanahan on the Rays for sure right. for me and Alcantara on the Marlins. Both guys have been dynamite. Not to say nothing, Musgrove, Burns, Verlander. There's been a lot of a, Gonsolin. he got lit up a little bit last night, but other than, but he actually there's a lot of times where he got out of jams late in the game. That showed me that shows me prowess. Like a guy that could stick in a game, he's given up five runs already. He could stick in five five plus innings and kind of get out of things and not force you to eat into your bullpen. And the Dodgers actually ended up winning that game. Um, Gonsolin's been great. But who's the AL MVP for you right now? It's tough, I, but I think I still I've, think okay. it's gonna be.
0: I think still it's gotta be Judge. You think Judge? Yeah, I mean, look, Otani's close, just based on what he's doing, like what he did last year. But, but man, Aaron Judge is thirty home runs, and it's still not even the All Star break yet, and it's the best team in baseball. I know the average yeah. isn't as high, but. I mean Otani's average is not high.
1: Yeah, I mean, Otani is the top five Cy Young candidate, twirled an absolute gem. He's got four straight games of 10 plus K's. Four straight games of 10 plus strikeouts. The only angel to do so since no one wild. And he's and he had a triple, like a two RBI triple last night. Are we get is it almost the LeBron effect already on Otani? Or the no. Trout effect?
0: No, no, I don't think it's that. I think because the Trout effect, I don't even think is valid because Trout has won multiple MVPs. Otani's only won one of them. And I still think people still give love to Trout if he is playing well enough that he'd win an MVP. People love Mike Trout. But the fact that he is stuck on the Angels, Mike Trout and Otani, definitely hurts them. Judge is on the best team in baseball. I mean, that that holds a lot of merit when it comes to winning an MVP. I know in years past, Mike Schatz won, and the Angels didn't make the playoffs, but this is the New York Yankees we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If
1: he hits, is there a magic number of home runs that he'll hit that'll lock it in? For Judge? Mm-hmm. Let's say his average is in like the 280 to 290 range.
0: Yeah, I, I would say the the hundred percent lock like no question whatsoever is sixty of course yeah I mean he had sixty but bombs I I MVP. think honestly I think if he's if he's hitting fifty I think he's still a lock okay fifty I
1: think that's a fair benchmark so that was my first question with the AL MVP I mean rookie of the year across the board I mean it's Julio Str- Rodriguez Julio Rodriguez in a, in a rocket ship he yeah f- but first of all and I would say it's probably Spencer Strider now in in Atlanta maybe i mean he's striking out guys like well, yeah. I, I
0: get an i don't know tani pace unfortunately gore has definitely tailed off a little bit had yeah, some rough starts but he'll, he you can here's the thing he's he's been shut down from starting until the all-star break which i mean that's only a few more days he's basically missing a start and he's going to mm-hmm. just do some bullpen activity but that's just to give him some rest and to limit his innings a little bit and to get him back on track so he can come back strong in the second half I and mean, he's yeah. he's been he's been a solid pitcher you know he's, I think he's an above average pitcher in in the league right now so totally he still has a chance of winning it and then Abrams just hasn't had enough at bats and enough time in the major league because he's been up and down but as of late he has been playing very good baseball so we'll see if he actually stays on the roster when Tatis comes back and can be a contributing everyday player who can actually contend because the second half can always bring good fortune to these rookies I mean keep in mind Will Myers didn't play a full season when he won his rookie of the year Tampa Bay. Yeah,
1: happens all the time. I, here, let me give you the odds at Betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code Believe B L E A or tomorrow. Or tomorrow. Or anytime you want, get 50% off your welcome bonus. This is a crazy, this is crazy. Cause it it's Julio Rodriguez has pretty much locked it up. Right. Like and his odds he's, he's an all-star. Odds no all star. There's no other there's
0: no other all star
1: rookies. I mean, you people were like Jeremy Pena secret snub, but like mm, he's been great though. He's minus two eighty. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a good bet still.
0: Yeah, I, it is a good bet. I, the only thing I think you would be just cautious of cautious of is is if he gets hurt. But I still think if he gets hurt, he's still he's probably still winning it, right? All he has to play
1: honestly till mid August and he's locked it in.
0: Yeah. Like
1: there's, there's really, first of all, they are legitimately the hottest team in baseball, tied with the Orioles. They're scorching. We'll we'll segue this into the next point because it's trade deadline talk. The Mariners are a team that we bought. They were, there were three teams early on that we bought into. Where at least I, one of which I had bought into, two of which we both had bought into, that were flailing in the AL, the White Sox and the Mariners. The mm-hmm. White Sox have been a complete disappointment. There's no reason that they have not. The, 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 why they haven't fired Tony La Russa yet is is literally beyond me. I know there was the Lance Lynn injury, and they've dealt with some injuries here and there, and Aloy Jimenez just can't stay on the field. It seems, but that roster is too talented. They've made too many moves and they should be better than at least in the guardians. What team we thought was going to drop, but uh, we, we thought maybe they could be sneaky and they are, but like they should be in the mix for the AL central. The AL central is not particularly strong. The Mariners were the other team. Julio Rodriguez, Ty France, JP Crawford. They had a lot of revelations in the Mariners, but they signed the, They signed Robbie Ray and he had a really bad start to the year you know, and things just weren't pieced together for them. And all of a sudden they've strung together 10 wins in a row and they're in the wild card
0: picture. Yeah. um, Yeah. We bought into them very early on. And I think some of the things that we both had concerns for, but at the same time there showed promise for was that this team is so young. Yeah. And that happens with a young team, right? You start off slow and then you mesh together and you find your, your secret sauce. And then, you start winning ten ball games in a row, which they've done thus far. So, I am really excited to see their second half. I think that they are a team that is seriously. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them as maybe a World Series contender, but you never know who can make it in there and sneak it in there. But I mean, look, there are eleven games out of first place right now in the the AL West. So, I don't think they're really catching the Astros unless they go on a thirty-game win streak. Mm-hmm. But the wild card is up for grabs. Six spots this year. There's six teams that make the playoffs. Yeah. Six
1: teams that make the playoffs this year. They have Robbie Ray and Logan Gilbert. Two great guys to roll out.
0: Mm hmm. Now they can the make Suarez- moves too. They've, got, they've yeah. got a
1: farm. Yeah. They can make move. They can definitely make moves too. The Suarez and Winker deal didn't look good, but Suarez <laughs> has been scorching hot in this streak.
0: Mm hmm.
1: And I still have faith that Winker could really put together a decent season. Obviously, the J. Rod show. Obviously, Ty France. I do think they it would behoove them to go and just this is really pretty much goes for any kind of contender. Whatever bullpen piece you can go pick off somebody, go get. Can you go get a bullpen piece? Now the interesting thing is we were talking about the Orioles being sellers, but are they? Do you think the Orioles should still sell a little bit? yes <laughs> and and make for the future cuz this is not
0: sustainable uh, yes i do they're also on a 10 game win streak if you haven't heard um they're one game over 500 but i mean they're chasing 17 and a half games from the yankees they're last place in their division i mean th- that division's a gauntlet i, I yeah. didn't expect it to be so competitive i, I- we knew that toronto and the yankees and we had, you know, some feeling that Tampa Bay is always competitive, but Boston started off slow. But every sing, single team in that division is over 500 right now. So I don't think they have a shot at all to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be a I mean, okay. You know what?
0: I take that back. They're, they're, they're two games back right now from the wild card, but I don't think it's sustainable. I mean, you mentioned a team like the White Sox that right now is underperforming. Like, are they better than the White Sox realistically on paper? Like, the White Sox can turn it around really quickly. 100%. Cleveland, I think, is even better. I mean, the Rangers even have a better roster. So there's teams that right now that are just underperforming that I think are better than Baltimore. Mm. Baltimore's got to continue the rebuild. They got to stay the course. They do have good pieces on their team. But there are some guys with expiring contracts or guys that are performing well that are on the cheap that they can go off and get some big pieces for. I'm looking at Jorge Lopez and like a lot of teams could use him right now in their bullpen. The Anybody could use him. He's an all-star and a
1: deserving all-star actually. Not just an right. all-star. Like, hey, we need to throw in an Oriole. Like a deserving all-star. Yeah, he's got a sub-2 ERA. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Rangers who are – Plus and run differential, but under 500, which is kind of rare. Yeah, with um, two guys making half
0: a billion dollars, but both of them are coming on a little bit too. Like they right. both started off horribly, but of course, neither of them make an All Stars team this year. It's, it's funny, just all, all the guys that we're talking about that don't make All Star teams. We mentioned Freddie Freeman. We're mentioning Corey Seager and um, Marcus Simeon. Um, these are all guys, and, and Wink, Winker. You know, these are all guys that are in brand new teams. They were all-stars last year mm-hmm. or prior years. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but that's the
1: AL side. I mean, John Gray has been good and Perez has been good for them. It's going to be – it's really going to be an interesting second half. And in the NL side of things, it's crazy that you guys are eight and a half back. You have 50 games. Yeah, it was, winner. it was
0: like me and Heath Bell were talking about on our podcast – Ring the bell pods talk. If you like Padres baseball, go and check it out. Ring the Bell Pods talk with the three time all star Keith Bell. We were talking mm-hmm. about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. That we were two, three weeks ago, the Padres were in first place and then just flipped on its head. That team is 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 almost too good. I the think Dodgers. that
1: they are the best team
0: in baseball. Not the they they're very good. They are playing very good baseball right now, and they're on a really crazy hot streak. Uh, but you also have to consider that the Padres are a good team as well, but they're exhausted. They're exhausted. They're injured. They're playing a lot of games in a row. Their leaders are going down. I, they've got to be the most banged-up team in baseball by far. I mean, you start the season with Machado, or with, with uh, Tatis on the I.L. Still, still is even back. Machado goes down for a little bit. Your bullpen you got Rance, Castillo Pierce Johnson Profar's out right now I mean it's so banged up and it's not banged up from just like a a, you know just oh there's a couple position players no it's like big contributors Will Myers right now has just started his rehab Blake Snell started on the IL Clevenger started on the IL I mean think of any guy on this roster for the most part they've been injured so we're hoping yeah. the second half brings good fortune and some health to the team, but you know, Heath and I talked about it yesterday. Like there just seems to be a lack of mojo. These guys have a much needed all-star break coming up to hit the reset button.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the Dodgers to put little devil's advocate, Chris Taylor's hurt. Big contributor. Yeah.
0: Mookie was hurt for a little bit.
1: Mookie was hurt. Walker Bueller has been out. The Dodgers to me, they're deep though. They're way deeper. They are so deep. Because you obviously have Freddie Muncy and Justin Turner have been underwhelming, but Mookie's back. Trey Turner is a top 10 player in baseball and yeah. Gavin Lux has actually come to fruition and been really good. And not Sent to mention up. Clayton Kershaw has been dynamite this year. He is. He is for sure. How he, many years do you think he has left? I don't know. He's pitching well. How old is 30, 34?
0: Here's the deal, yeah. You know what? He's got some a lot left in the tank. If he's 34 years old, I mean, we've seen guys pitch in their 40s. Yeah, but he gets hurt. So
1: look, he hasn't pitched. He hasn't had 30 starts since 2015.
0: Yeah, so maybe you know, once he gets later on in his career, I mean, he's an all-star this season. He's an all-star, but I, I, I think but if he, he if they win this year, he's done. No, I don't. I don't know. I think if he gets later on in his career, maybe just he's on like an innings count.
1: I just don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to get to that point. He gives me, like, I mean, he's already, again, he's already 34. So I was about to say he gives me Andrew Luck vibes. But, like, that's not even, like,
0: Andrew, Andrew Luck, was Luck
1: for young. Yeah, like, this so guy's, young. This guy's 34. He's won already. He's won multiple Cy won MVP. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer in, in a rocket. He's probably the best pitcher, truthfully, that in, in our lifetime we've seen
0: yeah like in terms of like an entire
1: career yeah like we missed like the first half of randy roger pedro
0: i would say if you like compartmentalize a little bit and you just kind of break it down to guys with a couple of seasons like best pitch like degrom like no one's i've never seen anything like degrom but it's a thing of sustainability and longevity of course and degrom's had multiple injuries and that hurts a career pretty pretty hard um but I mean, Degrom's not that much younger than Kershaw, right? No. And like, are no, we going to say like, late. De, are we going to say like, Degrom's going to hang it up? But he's got more to prove. I think a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I could see Kershaw playing for another three to four years. That's a lot. I mean,
1: I would love it. I mean, he's been a part of our lives as a legitimate starter since 2008. Yeah, 20 years old since we were in middle school he was like a legitimate like ace and it's like, he's been going for like for almost 15 years. It's crazy. And I think the world, I think one more world series, I think he could, there's a, there's a chance he could hang it up. But There's one caveat he wants. He's going to want the 3000 strikeouts. He's too good of a strikeout pitcher to not get the 3000 Ks. Yeah. So that could be the one thing holding it up. That would, even if they won would give him one more season. Yeah.
0: Right. Right now he is, uh, 261 strikeouts away as it stands right now which which that's gonna take at least two seasons uh, yeah uh, this this rest of this two season, extra seasons it might because he's, he's sitting on really he's might. sitting at 69 strikeouts nice uh this season and I mean his highest strikeouts was 301 but there's no chance he's getting that that's no. crazy he threw 301 strikeouts in a season.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the sale. I think sale. When what did sale top out at three something? I think Verlander. Didn't Verlander two years ago, three years ago hit three hundred. So did Garrett Cole. Remember when That's they wild. were du- they were dueling for for the MVP? I mean, the Cy Young. Mm-hmm. Three hundred is so
0: much. It's, it's what crazy. did Sale Chris Sale did three hundred eight. I get tennis elbow after throwing a couple of softballs on a Tuesday night. Where does Chris Sale at his best go for you? In terms of just like all time pitchers, or just like right now? No, guy, like guys we've seen like in like the last like decade. He's electric, man. He's he's up there, but it's another thing where it's like it sucks that injuries kind of tarnish the the value of a pitcher because to be a valuable pitcher, you got to be able to get out there and stay healthy. And Chris Sale has played how many games in the last 3 or 4 years.
1: I mean he's been injured every year. It's been it's been it's been a disaster.
0: It's
1: been a disaster, it's been unfortunate. But he pitched well in his return against the Rays even though we got swept by them. He pitched well in his return against the Rays and that was awesome to see and he's going to be a major part. I don't think anyone's catching the Yankees, but he's going to be a major part in the Sox potentially solidifying the top wild card spot, which would be massive. We're the charity stripe. We'll be back in just a hot second. Don't move the dial. Nikki Snacks Crider, Joshua Fisher, hit your free throws. We're back, baby. Once again, it's the charity stripe. Hit your free throws, cause they're free. Joshua Fisher, Nikki Snacks Crider. We're brought to you by Sonos. Go to Sonos now. Use the promo code Stripe. Get twenty percent off products. Sonos is great. Go to it right now. I just got a notification. Ethereum's up five percent. We love to see that. Wow. Who's in- you, have,
0: you have notifications on for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of very depressing notifications, but notifications nonetheless. How's I mean, Doge
0: doing these days?
1: Doge is not is mid. Doge is not doing great. Held on to that too long. But uh,
0: I, th- that whole um, phrase, "That's mid," I, I understand the context of how people are using. That's mid. But isn't it not like a really good term for something that is crap? Because like mid means like middle tier, average, OPS 100, right? That That's mid. Shouldn't yeah. it be like weak or like low?
1: Yeah, but that doesn't like weak is like already been used. It's been like recycled. It's not new. Okay,
0: so find a synonym for for weak. Synonym for weak, like Ds. But that's already been that's used. D- yeah, it's decent. I don't know.
1: I, eh, meh. Or like mead, mead, mediocre. Mead, mead. mead. We could do that. We could amend it mid to mead. Yeah. I'm down for that. But yeah, I Dogecoin is meh. Ethereum, like I couldn't know less about it. I just put my money in it haphazardly and and pray that it works again um but it's good to get a notification that ethereum's on the rise a lot of a lot of changes happened in crypto a lot of changes also happened in college football in the off season and people are i've gotten into several debates with people about these mega conferences and we've touched upon the individual schools and their switching of conferences but i would love to hear your thoughts nick on how you feel the mega conferences that are forming the sec Texas and OU joining the sec that'll happen in 2025 USC and UCLA joining the big 10 that'll happen in 2024 and there's looking to be more teams that'll join what are your thoughts on these mega conferences coming to light good or bad
0: it doesn't really bother me either way um I think a lot of us are very scared sometimes of change. Mm-hmm. Maybe "scared" is not the right word. Maybe it's just we just don't want things to change because we enjoy how things are right now. Yeah. But to build greatness, you need to be able to adapt, and you need to be able to to mm. to institute change. And I believe that these super conferences or these mega conferences, whatever you want to call it, will be the groundwork for a playoff system in college football. Mm-hmm. That's what I truly believe because if you stack too many good teams into one conference, teams are going to get left out of the mix when it comes to a 14 playoff. It's just bound to happen. There's too many good teams that are going to eat each other up and it's going to be like the pac 12 every single year where it cannibalizes each other, where teams get shut out because they lose one game or two games to another team. So, Let's say Texas, Bama, Georgia, LSU, Auburn. Let's say they invite Clemson, whoever, OU. I'd say all these teams are great, and they're all in the same conference. And let's say a couple of them have two losses. You're telling me that they're going to get kept out of the playoff? No. no. I think that's blasphemous. I think we open it up, and there becomes an eight-playoff team mix or – even a 16-team mix who sees what happens. But uh, it's it's the move in the right direction to opening up that playoff because that's the biggest thing right now when it comes to college football in terms of the structure of the gameplay and the structure of how teams win. Not you know transfer aside, recruiting aside, NIL aside. The single biggest thing to the game itself right now is the lack of playoff teams.
1: Yeah. And look, we can get all up in arms about – recruiting but the two teams in our conference the Big 12 that went to the Big 12 title game last year were OK State and Baylor and they didn't recruit as well as OU or Texas and they never will will. so it's really recruiting yes NIL is exciting how are you going to develop these guys and implement your scheme I love the point of the college playoff that nobody's talking about because that was our bit that's been the biggest issue of college before NIL was coming for years Massive issue for years is like not enough teams. Not enough teams are getting in there. There was a one year where I think it was like TCU got shut out and they probably should have been in it. But even then Ohio State won and you don't know what's going to happen. There's a year Alabama was the four and they won. Like There's all these things that happen, but there's always that fifth or sixth team that it would just be great to watch them in the college football playoff or they deserve to be in. Like UCF has had that couple chances and we gave Cincinnati a chance this year and it didn't really work out. But I think it's a situation where – this does open it up because you're not going to shut that two-loss team out. It also doesn't make... I mean, it is a little exciting to like, hey, every game literally counts in college football. Yeah, But there are a lot of times... I even remember that USC team. That USC Penn State game, that Rose Bowl game with Sam Darnold is one of the best college football games I've seen in the last 10 years. And that USC team with Sam Darnold had two losses, but they probably... It would have been fun to watch them go into the playoff, but they, they had no chance of making it because they had two losses, but they probably should have. Yeah. It's,
0: I think it, it you're right it is exciting that every game counts but in what sport in any sport at all does every single game count in the season besides college football like None. you can you can be able to afford to lose one or even two games and still win a championship and still be considered the best team in college football I mean sometimes strength of schedule is just what plays in your favor right like Clemson had cakewalks into getting in some of those national championships. And, yes, they won. But at the same time, are we sitting here saying that they were the outright best team in college football? Maybe one of those years, but at the same time, their strength of schedule was nowhere near what Bama was playing. The two, the the last time they got into the playoff,
1: Trevor Lawrence – yeah, Trevor, last time they got in, so they didn't get in last year but the year before. Ohio State wiped the floor with them. Mm -hmm. And that Bama team, which did not get the same love that that LSU team got, which did not get the same love that that Cam Newton or the Tebow teams got and even some other Bama teams. But that Bama team might have been the best Bama team I've ever seen with Mac Mm -hmm. Jones at the helm. They then wiped the floor with Ohio State. They crushed Ohio State. Right. And Justin Fields. after Justin Fields hung seven touchdowns on Clemson. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to sit there
0: and tell me that Clemson should have been in the playoff? Probably not. I mean, they probably wasn't their year. You have but to I, put them in there, but like at the same time, open it up for more teams. We 100%. also love, We also all love to see a Cinderella story, right? We yeah. we we see it every single year in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Why not put a you know a mid conference, a Mead conference team inside, and just to see if they can shake things up and make some noise and get the nation behind them. And also, the, the, the NCAA has always been about money. They've always cared about revenue and how much money they can make. I've never seen why they don't want to expand it to make more money. It's more games. It's more national spotlight. That's more advertisements.
1: They're gonna their their hand is gonna be forced with these mega conferences, and I also think we're in a position where like the some of the best games we get to see are when there's like oh like Bama versus Texas the cross conference, Oregon versus Ohio State like. We love those games. Like, why wouldn't you want more of those? Why don't you want more of the powerhouse games? Like how many there's like two weekends every year where we look at the schedule and like outside of the our team's game, like it's boring. It's boring. Yeah. I don't want to watch Ohio State, Nebraska, no offense, Nebraska. I want to watch Ohio State USC. Mm -hmm. I want to watch Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Ohio, I want to watch. I don't want to watch. Do I want to watch Clemson versus Wake Forest? Yeah, I know Wake Forest has put together a nice little team, but no, I don't. Not really. I'll watch it because I love football. But give me Clemson versus Georgia. Give me Clemson versus Auburn. Give me Clemson versus LSU in the Battle of Death Valleys. Like, like, give me that every weekend. And anybody's like, oh, like the travel like this. We've talked. You want to be on that. We're, we're, beyond be, that.
0: we're modern technology and and how automobiles work these days. We're beyond the travel factor. I'll tell you that I took a bus recently as an
1: adult from from, from the Netherlands to, to France, and I was fine. A coach bus, which is pretty much I borderline hitchhike there.
0: Yeah, hey, and. Look. Guys like Steve Aoki play like four shows a weekend in different cities and they fly from Vegas to Miami to London back to Miami back to Vegas all within 2 days usually. So don't and, tell me you can perform when and a possibly, DJ Aoki can and he's throwing mistakes yeah. with pinpoint accuracy. Would he have been a good quarterback in another life for sure if if the 1090 listeners don't know who Stevie Aoki is and i'm sure there's a lot of them out there he is a <laughs> dj that has a residency in <laughs> in vegas and one of his trademark moves is to throw a cake at someone in the crowd and every time he throws a cake he is spot on because there's always fans that have signs that say, cake me, cake me. And he usually nails them. So yeah, I don't get it in another life for my DJ. You should hit somebody with like, like a handful
1: of raisinets. Raisin what? (laughs) Raisinets.
0: Raisinets. Bro. What? (laughs)
1: Like chocolate chocolate covered raisins.
0: That's such a weak thing to throw at people. I know, but it's
1: hilarious. (laughs) Like, imagine you're like jamming and rocking out and like vibing to your set, and next thing you know, you get pelted by a couple of like chocolate covered raisins. Hey, (laughs) look, I'm
0: I'm down for a company to like reach out and be like, hey, like Nikki Snacks, this is our snack that we want you to start throwing at people in crowds. We'll pay you, you know, five hundred thousand dollars every single show to throw them. All right.
1: What kind of deal have you ever been a part of where they pay you 500k? It's ridiculous. The, you know, it'd be like you got to pick. Well, something I, that's I like, mean, I
0: don't know. Al, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara probably had some Skittles endorsements. I'm sure Marshawn Lynch did too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to Skittles would be a good one. It's got to be. That's been done. Yeah, it's been done. You need something like soft, but that's not going to make an absolute mess, which is
0: tough. Marshmallows. Marsh, dude now
1: we're talking
0: that'd be yeah, but, sick. Then, but then there's the dj marshmallow already and like is that okay. like oh like he's he's disrespecting marshmallow
1: yeah it's kind of a rip it's kind of a rip but i think i think we're getting there though like it can't be a jawbreaker
0: no not like the the golf ball size jawbreakers no and it can't be like a cheese it where there's just gonna be crumbs everywhere goldfish that'd be fun Still I mean, the there's crumbs. Yeah. yeah, but like, come on. These venues, the least of their concerns are crumbs when there's shows <laughs> getting played. I think there's a Dude. lot more foul things on the ground than crumbs from Cheez-Its. It's true. Not it's to true. mention there probably are Cheez-It crumbs out there because people that are drinking and doing other fun things during concerts are normally hungry, too, and bring snacks.
1: It's true. Then who doesn't want some Cheez-Its being thrown out from the sky? Lactose. Oh, yeah. That's wow. I've, I've never even considered that from a, from a standpoint, uh, sneaky. back to, it's very sneaky back to college football. I do think that the mega conference thing to me in the long run is going to be great for the college football playoff. It's going to be great for viewership because it's going to give us the games we want. And ultimately I think it could even benefit some teams in recruiting in a weird way, because on the cup half empty side, You're viewing it as, okay, the the top-tier teams are just going to run the table on the new teams. They're just going to make mincemeat of the lower-tier teams. But a team like UCLA, we've given all the credit to USC coming to the Big Ten. UCLA won eight games last year. They did. They went went eight and four. If UCLA has another good season, what if UCLA wins the Pac-12 this year? It's not impossible at all. If UCLA wins the Pac-12 this year, then all of a sudden... Recruiting-wise, it's going to take a step up. It'll take another step up in the Big Ten. And what if they go to the Big Ten and win some games? UCLA all of a sudden can be a team that's in better shape and could be on the rise.
0: Yeah. And in I,
1: basketball, too. We're just, talk, we're just talking about football.
0: Yeah, well, basketball, I, I think that that their recruiting speaks for itself just because it's uh, it's such a historic program. Like They're going to get recruits no matter what. Yeah. And yes, they haven't been the historic UCLA as of late that they were in years prior, but... They're consistently in the tournament and making deep runs. So I would not be shocked if if UCLA won an natty in basketball anytime soon. I'd be shocked if they won football, but they are turning it around. They're getting in the right direction. It's not, it would not be surprising whatsoever if they won the Pac-12. Although I do think USC has it this year, just based on all the transfers they got and Caleb Williams being a potential Heisman candidate and a brand new head coach in Lincoln Riley. But you know, there's there's growing pains that they need to figure out. UCLA, however, is going to benefit immensely from this move, just in recruiting. Recruits are going to want to play better talent, but at the same time, be in Los Angeles, right? If, let, let's say, you know, they're picking between an East Coast school or like a Midwest school and California, but you still get to play those Midwest games in a big conference, I'm picking California all day.
1: 100%. And,
0: and keep in mind as well, like, yes, of course, USC, USC is like a competitor with UCLA in terms of recruiting, but... These schools only have so many scholarships to give out. Like, there's plenty of recruits that are still available for you to get. Like, each team so many roster still... spots, too. Yeah. And so many, there's so many recruits on a high level four star, five star, doesn't matter what star they are. There's going to be enough players to go around for UCLA and USC to both be successful. And the head coach at UCLA, people forget Chip Kelly, one
1: Chip Kelly, who has had a tumultuous few years, but when he was at Oregon, was the guy
0: he was and then went to the nfl and didn't have
1: such success he had he was solid and then he kind of took too much control and bit off more than he can chew flamed out in philly flopped in san fran goes back to college but what he could potentially do with some real recruits at ucla even what they you know he took mariota from a four-star guy to then off the top not not top quarterback in that class by any means in his recruiting class to the second overall pick
0: and a Heisman finalist and a Heisman winner. Heisman winner. Yeah. Sorry. She's forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah.
1: He won. And so the right guy in chip Kelly and Jordan Thompson could be that guy this year. The right guy in this system can really make some waves. So I I think this UCLA team, and you bring up a great point, like at that point, I'd rather go play in sunny California. There's only one quarterback that could start for USC. So you might as well go play at UCLA. It's a really interesting point. I I do want to touch on one more thing before we rock and roll. Let's do it. The Utah jazz. Look, it looks like they're going to trade Donovan Mitchell and it looks like it's going to be to the Knicks. They're the favorite. Mm -hmm. The rap, the Raptors have been mentioned. There's been a bevy of like four team trade scenarios because here's the deal. Obviously, the two main pieces to fall are DeAndre Ayton, who like is going to the Pacers, but they haven't signed him yet. So I don't really know what's up with that. It's what seems to be the snag in there is the sign and trade that would send DeAndre Ayton to the Pacers, things to the Nets and KD to the Suns. Now the Utah Jazz have entered the fray. And Donovan Mitchell has long been rumored to go back home to New York. There's two teams in New York, one of them obviously being the Brooklyn Nets. Now, Donovan Mitchell, because of the Rose rule, two max guys on their rookie contracts can't be on the same team if they've been traded for. So you can't trade for Ben Simmons and then go and trade for Donovan Mitchell. So Ben Simmons would have to leave the team if the Nets were to enter this four-team deal. Which I don't think is going to happen. Which it's uh, it's too complicated. First of all, who want? Uh, I mean, Ben Simmons, when he's playing, is a is a great is an all star player. But I don't want that, honestly. I almost no. don't. That's not what from I'm the Utah Jazz, I'm trying to do. If we get a lot of picks, maybe. But th- that's not kind of the direction I'm trying to take. I, I think the Knicks re- represent the best possible deal in a one for one. Don't get too fancy with the spices. The Raptors could be interesting with OG and Obi. Gary Trent Jr. and some picks. Move him there with Fred Van Vliet, Siakam, Scotty Barnes. I mean, the East would be so scary. But if you're the Knicks, I would be really hesitant to give up R.J. Barrett to get Donovan Mitchell, and that's what I want to say. Would you? Yeah, I would. I don't think Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle gets you a title. It just doesn't. But Jalen Brunson... Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, and if you could somehow keep R.J. Barrett, that's a dangerous team. That's mm-hmm. a team that can get in the playoffs. That other team, Mead, Spida, Brunson, Randle, mead They're not better than the Celtics. They're not better than the Sixers. They're not better than the Bucks. They're probably not better than the Hawks, realistically. I don't know if they get past the heat. Cleveland, Charlotte, they represent tough. Tough task to get past, and then the Bulls. Like it, I don't know if that helps, but if those four guys together, because I'm really anticipating RJ taking that next step this year. That's just me, but I, I, I wanted to bring that point to light. That not including RJ in the deal, and this is probably an obvious point, really makes them a contender. But mm-hmm. if you include RJ in the deal, I don't really think it moves the needle enough.
0: Well, look, we talked about if Damian Lillard were to sign in New York and bring Knicks basketball back, he'd be the king of New York. Mm-hmm. Right. And Donovan Mitchell's young enough and talented enough and has enough potential. Right. I think he can also be that guy. Yes, you need other pieces around him to do that. But I think he's already solidified himself as a superstar. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Knicks basketball needs. They need a face, they need yeah. someone that can bring back the glory days. I mean, if they ever had any glory days, but Sad their
1: seventies, the nineties were nice. Yeah, I and mean, they can bring back the glory days. And I think you're right. I mean, they do need a face, so it's a move. It's a good move in that direction. But I don't. I don't think they need to get, give up yeah. RJ Barrett, the new um, king of the North, the new king. Wow, like I know you're rewatching Game of Thrones. So yeah, the new king of the North is exciting. Uh, potential for uh, potential uh, tag for Donovan Mitchell. But we're the charity stripes. Speaking of tags, drag both feet inbound. So I'm gonna full count Rip that puck. Get your PKs because they free. And hit your free throws. Why, Nick? Because they're free. Because they're free. We out show. We love yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you.